Hi there, and welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another look at uh, aquariums in our unique and uh, hopefully uh, fresh perspective. You know, I was thinking the other day about part of our mission here at Ten and Aquatics, um, and it's not just to sell stuff. It's to inspire you, to encourage you to try some things, push out of your comfort zone, maybe look at concepts and ideas that you haven't before, or look at things from a different perspective. And I find that in order to do this, um, it's necessary to demonstrate this. And it's necessary to demonstrate this in a variety of ways. And sometimes that means moving quickly and getting a lot of ideas out there. And that's almost a contradiction to my mindset as a hobbyist in terms of the way we do it, having to execute a lot of aquariums in a relatively short span of time and, you know, break them down, start them over. And, you know, my personal hobby philosophy has always been to stay the course with all my tanks. You know, much like I am with my business, I'm pretty patient. I like to have my aquarium set up for extended periods of time to really let them evolve and, you know, break in and so forth. So there's a certain dichotomy of inconsistency that starts tearing at the edges of my, uh, my thought process a little bit. You know, like I only have so much space and time for setting up aquariums with different themes and looks and ideas. And of course, the way to maximize what I call idea infiltration, getting it out there in today's 24-7, 365 social media world is to simply put out as many provocative ideas as possible in a relatively short span of time. Like, that's why I have my windowsill geek lab that I featured many times here with all the different little nanotanks set up. Um, I mean, it's funny because I'm the guy that rails on these contest scapes and the, the, you know, the tanks that are constructed simply for a short period of time to win the contest and then they're broken down and not given a chance to really last for long periods of time. So, Sometimes I find myself working on these compressed timescales, um, which is almost heretical, if not hypocritical of me, you know, pushing things real hard and fast. Yet, quite often, the hobbyist in me wins out, and certain tanks do stay up longer than just a few months. Some have to in order to become what they must, and that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I- I'm, I'm sort of proud of the fact that we sort of walk the walk here, um, and some tanks just need to be left alone. For example, the brackish water aquarium that I have in my office, which has been set up for over a year. We featured it, you know, in videos and live uh, Instagram posts and so forth. And did a photo shoot on it recently. So we'll have more pictures of this tank up as it is now. It's really evolved into something exactly like what I envisioned. But it simply wasn't there after a month or two or even six months. I had to go through changes in terms of my mindset about what I wanted it to, uh, to ultimately look like before I considered it you know, where, where it should be. And that involved finding the right fishes, um, you know, really letting the mangroves grow, the sediments break down, the botanicals, you know, fall to the surface, things like that. And our botanical style tanks, with few exceptions, just simply don't start looking their best, you know, all earthy and funky and, you know, established for really for not for a few months, uh, typically. So to terminate them mid-evolution is really kind of a shame. Now, of course, there are some things you could do to sort of expedite the so-called established look of a botanical-style tank, but they're just sort of hacks, really. God, I hate that word, I know. And there's really no substitutes for letting a tank evolve over time naturally. Now, what are they, you ask? Well, you could use some botanicals and some partially decomposed leaf litter, some substrate, even water from an established botanical-style tank to give you a bit more of an evolved vibe and perhaps some function. Actually, indeed, some function. You'll get some bacteria uh, populations, microfauna, and so forth. 
And if doing this for purely functional reasons, as opposed to just trying to hack the look, I can actually see a lot of benefit and a lot of merit to this idea. I mean, hell, adding sand and gravel from an established tank to jumpstart a new one has been a standard practice in marine aquariums for decades, and it's also pretty common in freshwater systems. Doing this with botanical materials that are you know, rich with detritus and biofilms and fungal growth and all that beneficial bacteria is simply the botanical-style version of this time-honored process, right? Yet, there's no substitutes for patience and the passage of time. If I look back on some of the, the, my favorite tanks that I've executed in the past few years, it becomes increasingly obvious to everybody that these systems don't really hit the look and feel that I wanted them to achieve until long after they're evolved and evolved naturally, however long that is. Stuff needs to acquire what I call a patina of biofilm, a stain from the tannin, and a decomposition of botanical materials that really begins you know, before one of these tanks can really be considered functional as well. I mean, every new botanical style tank looks pretty cool from day one. I've seen a lot of guys uh, and gals sending me pictures of uh, aquariums with, you know, new layer of botanicals and the water starting to tin up and it looks great. Don't get me wrong, but the long established ones really stand out. After like six months, that's when things get really special. I've long held that my fave botanical style aquarium of all time was the one I did about two years ago. Uh, it was an aquarium that utilized uh, mangrove wood, extensive leaf litter, and catapa bark throughout. It's probably the only tank in recent years that I've truly regretted changing and moving on from. There was something about this tank. I've written about this and talked about it. It literally looked like shit for the first couple of months of its existence, I admit. Slightly tinted water, a sort of contrived looking campfire-like wood stack mostly bare sand and mostly intact botanical materials. I had to do a bunch of iterations with the hardscape to move things around to sort of tweak it and get it where I wanted it. It almost looked contrived, but I instinctively knew that if I waited to let it, you know, waited it out, let it evolve, let nature do her thing, that the potential was huge in this tank. After a few months, biofilm started forming. The wood acquired the patina I just talked about. The leaves and the botanicals softened and broke down, and the water took on the most earthy-looking, deeply mysterious color I've ever seen in a blackwater aquarium. It was, in my opinion, everything I wanted. By some standards, the tank water could have been described as almost turbid, taking on an appearance as though there were real fine materials in the water column, which there likely were. Yet the tank had this real magical appearance, especially with the lighting. The fishes were as colorful, relaxed, and happy as any I'd ever seen, and the water parameters were spot on and consistent for as long as this tank was set up. The photos that we did, um, the video that we shot of this tank during that iteration, to me stand out as some of the best examples of a blackwater aquarium I've ever executed. I'm very proud of this tank, and I, I loved everything about it. It was the true essence of that Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi, for sure. You know, transience, the empirical, uh, you know, ephemeral. <laughs> I said empirical, that's funny. I made up a word, I don't know what that means. But the transience, the ephemeral aspects of our botanicals and the real wonders of nature sort of embraced. And I, I think that's special. And of course, there are some concepts which, by virtue of what, you know, materials they utilize, have that broken in look from almost day one. An example of this was the pure leaf litter aquarium, which I set up to test the idea of what I'd call an internally sustainable food production process for fishes. The system was set up with the idea that the botanical materials, i.e. leaves, would break down, would foster the detritus, biofilms, bacterial growth, and some, uh, some you know, beneficial microfauna that the fishes could feed on, at least supplementally, if not for all of their sustenance. 
the system was literally set up with just a, a two-inch layer, which is about five, a little over five centimeters, of Texas live oak leaves and yellow mangrove leaves to comprise the entire hardscape of the system. I had a shoal of pericaridon simulans, the green neon tetra, and they formed the perfect subject for this concept tank, little guys. Once they were out of quarantine, the fishes were simply not fed at all. And they almost doubled in size and were as fat and happy as any green neons I've ever seen. And it didn't take all that long for this aquarium to acquire the look of a very established one, thanks to the, I guess you'd call it the capability of these live oak leaves to acquire biofilms and some detritus. Now, I admit this tank was certainly not one that everyone would find attractive. However, to a botanical-style blackwater aquarium freak like me, this tank was more than just a proof of concept. It was an example of an unconventional aquarium that was able to sustain its residence for the duration of the experiment. And I think that this tank could have done this for an indefinite period of time with only the routine maintenance practices, i.e. water changes and so forth, and the replenishment of the leaves is necessary. It was this very special tank. I think I'll do it again on a bigger scale. Then there's aquariums which are simple in concept and look oh, just about right from day one. You just need to set them up and sort of wait it out until they start looking more established, which might only take a few weeks or a month or two at the most. A perfect example of this is a tank we still have set up right now that we feature a lot in our live broadcasts and pictures and so forth. Uh, a tank I call the Tucano Tangle, uh, an aquarium that was set up to replicate the part of the habitat of the Tucano Tetra, Tucanicthes Tucano. Possibly this is one of the easiest biotop-inspired aquariums I've ever set up. And this one really took on the look I was trying to achieve in seemingly little time at all. And it started with a simple superstructure of spider, you know, spider wood, topped with several specimens of melastoma root, that beautiful tangled root that we play with a lot here. And it achieved a sort of tangled, earthy, I don't know, deep sort of look. The substrate was just really shallow. It was a sand and mix of clay-like materials. And it's topped with a sprinkling of, wait for it here, Texas live oak leaves. Can you sense a pattern here? I really like those leaves. After an initial settling in phase, this tank just easily shifted out of that new and pristine mode and into that, you know, looks like a natural habitat mode. And I kind of expected it would by virtue of the fact that there was a, a fair amount in terms of volume and the type of botanical material that was utilized in the scape. And as the water darkened and the biofilms and that little patina took over the tank, it became a perfect demonstration of the power of simply executing and waiting on your tank to do its thing and evolve. And evolve it did. And in a relatively short period of time, this tank's been set up about four months. And from the feedback we're getting, people are really buying into this look. And, and I walk into the office every day and look at this tank. And I think this thing looks like it's been set up for years. I really, really like what, what happened. Now, the other experimental systems I've played with take time to do their thing. They take more time and to really come into their own before you'd really want to move on from them and try something else. However, they're actually intended for what I call a forced iteration, a deliberate change to their composition or progression. Indeed, after the initial setup, the Evolve product looks little like what it started out as. Of course, these projects can take many months to evolve as part of the plan. The best examples of this are what I call my urban agapo tanks. The Varzia Aquarium I'm playing with right now is perhaps the most evolved one that I have set up at the moment. It's a couple of, couple of movements into the process. This tank was intended from the outset to demonstrate how an ecosystem changes from dry season to wet season. And these tanks started out in a terrestrial mode with just a blend of substrate materials. Again, we're going to be offering these things soon because I think I've developed a nice substrate composition that really mimics the natural substrate for these small tanks. So I use this uh, substrate material, 
mixed with some botanical materials like crushed leaves, specifically the stuff we call mixed leaf media, a mix of crushed um, tropical leaves, to sort of form a representation of a forest floor. And after a period of time sowing some seeds and bulbs of terrestrial plants, marginal plants, the substrate was quite damp and it was really established. I'd wet it down every day and water it and get it mucky until things started breaking down and until the uh, bulbs sprouted and the, the, the rice seeds that I planted sprouted. And of course, you know, when it was time to start inundating the, the system, it took on a completely different look and feel. It transformed from a purely terrestrial environment to an aquatic one. And it's doing it very well. And there'll be some surprises, some surprises along the way that I'll share with you. The key ingredients in this, time and patience in generous quantities, and just having a plan or a track to run with, they create truly interesting outcomes, if, of course, you let them play out. Now, my true Igapo Aquarium has went on a slightly different track. If you remember from following us on Facebook and so forth, it started out in wet mode, silty, sedimented, and really tinted, just weird. And then I drew down the water level and sowed some grass seeds to take advantage of that wet, rich substrate for growth. Uh, it's at a phase right now, a couple months in, where the grasses are establishing themselves and we're going to start flooding this thing soon and run through that seasonal cycle once more. So this is a long process, although a forced one, where you can make some changes and sort of embrace the process. So the timetable governing this process can be manipulated, but the pace at which things happen, the growth of the grasses, establishing them, and how long that indeed they'll survive under inundation, those are dictated almost entirely by nature. We're merely facilitating the process and watching. And then there are systems which, by virtue of their very concept, capture the essence of a natural habitat in a very specific phase, and they can do it almost immediately. An example of an aquarium that takes on the established look literally from the first days would be the late-season agapo tank that I recently set up and featured. This system is designed to replicate in both form and function, to a certain extent, of course, the habitat which emerges when a flooded forest floor is inundated for several months. After this period of time, much of the terrestrial vegetation goes into kind of a dormant phase and detritus and biofilms cover a, mat a matrix of materials that form the basis of the aquatic terrain, if you will. And of course, utilizing a mix of sediments, crushed leaves and plant stems and twigs in the scape encourages the formation of biofilms and the sequestering of detritus and other materials as the basis of your scape and which will almost from the beginning give you an established looking tank, which also happens to function in a manner similar to what you'd find in the natural habitat. This is an aquarium that, much like the leaf litter only system that we talked about, is providing the bulk of the nutritional needs of its resident fishes, in this case neon tetras, with little to no supplemental feeding. The changes to this habitat will simply take place at the pace of nature. She's gonna dictate the direction of this tank for the next few months, and I couldn't be more excited. So what's the point of this rather meandering review of some of the aquariums that I've been playing with here? Well, it's to sort of show you or discuss that botanical-style aquariums typically require more time to evolve than other systems. The process can be expedited or manipulated a bit to achieve the truly meaningful benefit and results, though. You need to just wait. You can't rush stuff. When you do, as we've learned, results can be, well, different than what they would be if you allow them to continue at their own pace. Not necessarily bad, mind you just perhaps not as good as what's possible if you relax things a bit. Patience is our guideline. Nature's our inspiration. Experience and execution are teachers. We're in a mission. We're in a mission to share the benefits which can be gained by embracing and meeting nature as she really is. 
Botanical-style aquariums are not all that dissimilar from a reef aquarium or a more typical planted aquarium, in that they simply take time to evolve. Instead of growing plants or corals, we're cultivating bacterial biofilms, fostering decomposition, and allowing these processes to dictate the pace and the direction of our aquarium. Of course, if we need to speed up the process for marketing purposes or whatever, as I've discussed, the impact on these tanks might simply be that they never hit their full potential. However, if you have the time, the patience, and the vision to see these tanks through, the sheer inspiration and knowledge that you can derive from them is almost incalculable. The unlocks and the benefits are very exciting, and the glimpse into the world of nature as few aquarists ever see it and experience it, you know, unfiltered and unedited, is perhaps the greatest takeaway of all here. That can certainly be defined as changing for the better, and I hope you do. Till next time, stay inspired, stay motivated, stay observant, stay enamored of this stuff, and always stay patient, and always stay wet, or dry as the case may be. Enjoy. I'll talk to you real soon. Thanks again for stopping by, and we'll look forward to talking to you again on the next installment of The Tint.